this is Captain Lee, and you're listening to the Andertons Podcast. Massive pleasure to uh, introduce you to uh, Mr. Ian Thornley from the band Big Rick. So, welcome to the UK. All right, thanks. That's and great. so, what is it that brings you over to these fair shores? Um, sewer, basically. Um, trying to spread the spread the Big Rick love and the sewer love around the UK. So, well, it's the Big Rick. I said to Ian pretty much the first thing I said when I met Ian this morning. It's the first time I'd ever met him. Was it's like, why aren't Big Wreck like the biggest band in the world? Because it's uh, about six months ago, um, I was watching, uh, you know, some sur uh, videos that you'd done with them at, at NAMM this year. So I'm watching this stuff and I'm going, this man can play. So a little bit, delve a bit deeper, find out about the Big Wreck thing. Then my friend Rob Chapman, who I do the videos with, I'm, I'm like, have you heard of this band Big Wreck? He said, man, I told you about them four years ago. Like that, you know, it's like, you didn't okay. listen. I just didn't listen. So. It, you know, tell me about now. You've been around for you're coming up for nearly twenty years now, yeah. Big Rick, aren't you? So, yeah. so tell eighteen me about, years ago was the first record. That's see, a long that, time. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So, anybody that likes the guitar should 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 really check this band well, out. Well, we were having this discussion, and and it's the kind of thing that comes up a lot because um, I'm a big fan of a, of of the classic song form, uh, but I still want to I want to put stuff in there that's going to be. You know, put your put your own little stamp on it, but you, you had that stamp, I think, from a, a really young age because, I, you know, you can go from the first album through to, to Ghosts, and and you can span a real, you know, as I said, nearly 20, 18 year yeah. period. And although I don't say twenty minutes, no, okay. that's too long. Although I mean, Ghosts is, uh, I think, Ghosts is my favourite. I I really enjoy the the, the the production and some of the guitar sounds in there, but you you had your sound you know you were you I still think you know very distinctively you even on that sort of first album so how did you have all that um who you know who influenced you and how did you you, you really found yourself you know I think quite early on um I don't know man that's that's a that's a tough one because I, th I feel like I'm still we were just talking about that earlier I, I feel like I'm still searching for that right I'm still searching for my own voice you know and fighting through my influences fighting through all the things that I digest on a regular basis, you know, I still go back to um, the wall. I still go back mm -hmm. to who's next. I still go back to Zeppelin three, four. I still, I still, you know, I'm gonna. I know when when I feel like I need a, a good dose of. I still go back to those things. So I, I, I don't know if. Um, I think it's just kind of the way it all comes out, you know, because I've digested as much. Eric Johnson and Steve Morse as yeah. I have Jimmy Page, you know, um, but I'm not writing things like, you know, cruise control. Yeah. Um, so I, 
I, I, I still, I'm, I'm such a Beatles fan. I'm such mm-hmm. an ABBA fan. I'm a Springsteen fan. Like, I love all these people equally. And, and it's, for me, it's always been about, um, it's always been about the song. And I've said that in a million interviews that it's like, well, in the studio, the, the biggest ego in the room has to be the song. I did want to ask you, uh, there's a big gap between the, the second and the, the third. It's like, you, you know, you had yeah. your first two albums came out pretty quick and your last two albums have been, what, three or four years apart. Yeah. But there's this big, like, 10-year gap. Yeah, no, I did Where did a, you go? I did, a, I did a, a, a project called Thornley. Right. Um, yeah, I would say I, after the second Big Rack album, things sort of imploded. Um, Rock and, and roll. I, yeah. And I, and I just... Um, yeah, I think there was a lot of pressure from, like, Atlantic Records and the big record deal and all that stuff. And um, The first record was all demos that they had released. So there was no ego in the room saying this is how you do it boys it was just sort of us saying you know what would be cool and then and then putting and that's the music that was the first record uh and the second record they had the big producer and then we don't hear a single we don't hear a hit and all, all that uh which i think weighed heavily on all of us and you know because the first one did pretty well and mm-hmm. we're there, like the second one's gonna blow it's gonna be great it's gonna blow out worldwide and it just and, and then it wasn't and it, i think that sort of started to yeah, the pressure started to show, and then and, you know, all of us were, you know, there was a lot of infighting, a lot of bullshit, but whatever. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm out. L- little Birdie told me that um, you passed up one interesting opportunity during that ten year. Oh, the uh, the Velvet Revolver thing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't really me passing it up. It just wasn't. It wasn't like we want you. And I was like, no way. It wasn't one of those. Right, right, right. I just I sang on a on a demo for for Slash and them, and uh, and then they flew me down. And it was like I can't really do the front guy thing. Yeah. Without a without a guitar on. You know, I've been at it for a while. So it's like it's not like if I was twenty or whatever, yeah, then it yeah. would be like, all right, I'll give it a go. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't the right. They weren't about to start a three guitar sort of, sure. you know, Leonard Skinner from L.A. Sure. kind of thing, you know, it just wouldn't be right. So, I mean, even though, like, my voice sounded great on their stuff, yeah. um, and, and they're a great bunch of guys and a great band, I was really surprised at how how sweet everybody was. Yeah. Friendly, uh, articulate, I was, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised at how nice they were. Uh, but, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to be right. So, you know, I mean, you. it wasn't like I just, I was like, no way, <laughs> you and your big money. <laughs> No, it's, it's, I'm keeping it real. It wasn't one of those. Like, trust me, if I if I could be a front guy without a guitar, yeah, I, I would I would have been like, check me out, you know. Yeah, maracas and the tambourine and the whole bit. Like, do you got the moves? Like, you got the moves yet? Yeah, see, see? Like, I can do them, but not on stage. Absolutely, you know, not a little slash <laughs> over there. Like, you know, like the coolest dudes ever. So we're into Albatross now. Bands back together. And I guess, like you know, a lot of bands, I suppose you 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 feel like you've kind of exercised all that sort of um, stuff that, that that meant the band didn't you know sort of fell out before, mm-hmm. and you're all a bit older and a bit wiser and thinking, yeah, yeah, oh, let's yeah. just get back and make some good music, and yeah. and it's working well, I guess. Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, you learn a lot as you get older, and just you know, just about how to be, uh, how to communicate, how to deal with stuff. You know, like um, tough things happen, and in, in, in any line of work and anything yeah. you do. And it's just, a, it's a matter of how you deal with it. So I, you know, um, yeah, it was a, we were all pretty petulant back then. You know, yeah. it was those sort of chips on our shoulders. And um, 
maybe a little cocky, yeah. you know, uh, but never entitled or anything. Well, you gotta we have we might have been, we, we were confident, and, mm, and maybe exactly. I might have been a bit mouthy, but... Let's talk about kind of guitar and style and stuff. The stuff that I love about your playing is that I kind of hear this, and I think every guitarist wants to know, once you've kind of got that whole pentatonic sort of minor mm. major thing sort of going down, and you just end up going, I've been playing the same licks for the last five years now. Yeah. I love this thing that you've got going on where you've got this kind of, where you, you can be ripping up this kind of, really cool in the pocket kind of bluesy kind of lick but then it just goes into something yeah. not weird and unmelodic but you using using notes that perhaps aren't traditionally melodic in like western yeah. music so I, I, um, is that something you're consciously doing or? oh yeah of course no I, um yeah when it comes to a solo or whatever i'm unless it's live and mm -hmm. and you know and i clam something and a clam happens to be something that's cool and i sort of start milking the, whatever yeah. that clam note was. Um, but that, and that doesn't really happen. Like if I hit a bum note, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know. Um, and it's like, it ain't jazz, that's just yeah. a bad note. Uh, but no, it's, those are all conscious things. Like if I'm, if I'm in G, G major, let's say. Let's have, let's have a little listen. <clears throat> Is it going? Yeah, so if I'm in G major, um, and the four chords are a minor, um, depending on what the song, but uh, yeah, so if I'm, when I'm here, that gives me, within, if I'm gonna stay pentatonic kind of, you got that one, mm -hmm. or you have, of course, the, if you're major, or which would be here, um, then we all know the pentatonic box and all that business, but, um, if you were gonna extend that to like a mixolydian kind of thing, to be in G major with a, with a seven, so then you got, that's it. That's just mixolydian. That's right. not. That's not anything. Is it anything. just a little micro bend you put yeah, in that yeah, gives yeah. it that sitar kind yeah, of? Yeah, you can do it with a, with a seven and the six, and usually anywhere where there's a half step, it's best to do it. Because I don't can, know why I'm can, leaning around to watch. I'll just watch the you video can, back. You can, get, you can get really <laughs> quick with it too. But you can also do like the the nine to the, or the second to third. So the shape is that here, different to a regular pentatonic, is here, then that's where you'll get that sort of... So it's just leaning on that flat six yeah. will give it that, uh, like it sounds a little bit uh, Eastern to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's also just the treatment. It's just like either Jeff Beck or Eric Johnson, some, mm -hmm. you know, whoever did it first, but, but that's... Those little, uh, those little half-step whips or whatever are, you know, that's where that comes from. And is there anything else that you're consciously putting in, you know, any other sort of influences um, that you're consciously putting in? Nothing that's really conscious. I'm, I'm always sort of conscious of melodies. And depending on the song, it's like, and it's usually somebody else. Like, if there's a, there has to be somebody else in the room when I'm laying down a solo, for the most part. Because I need, I need, uh, I don't know if it's if I need direction, but I need somebody to say like, dude, you need to just do the blah 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 thing, right? You know, and I'll be like, okay, because otherwise it's just it, it you know, it's too vast. There's too much stuff to like. Well, where am I going? There's so many things that I can draw from, and then like, and it, I can kind of squeeze it all in and make it work. And it's it's 
the special times are when it just the solo just happens mm-hmm. and it's just like well I know what I'm gonna do here yeah you know uh, but it's something like Ghost for instance like that I I did a whole sort of Robin Forty kind of Larry Carltony solo in the middle it's, and I thought like very little bending and yeah. that sort of like slide sliding there's a lick you have to show me there's a lick yeah. in Ghost indeed and I think it's Stevie Ray inspired oh no that's where that's where it went because oh. the, the the Robin Ford thing for me yeah. wasn't working it didn't sound right but, and I was grappling with this and fighting with it for a couple hours just how do i fit this in and make it work and then and then uh, somebody else had come by and said dude just stevie ray that just just albert king and then stevie ray and and you'll be and i was like i never thought of going there and then i did it and then i was like now that fits with the tune and i was like so if somebody just gives me a push in one direction and it's and just says do this or do that and then it's then i kind of have a framework at least within the um, you but know. That, that's the lick. There's there's certain licks that always that there's one there's a big bend in there and it comes down into a run yeah. rather than just ending the bend. Um, I was trying to work it out before you arrived like that, but uh, I, I I didn't really. But well, it's it's see if you can. I don't know if you know the bend that I'm talking about, but it's in that sort of Stevie Ray. Uh, that one. That's yeah. it. And but it's the run. That's it. It's the rundown. You have to hear this. It's <laughs> one of those special moments. Oh, you need, you need game. Game. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get it happening. How far's the bend? You going up it's like a minor three. third? Yeah. It's just a little. you um the, the eric johnson sort of yeah, uh, stuff there uh, you know he's obviously been a big influence on your huge yeah because you think it's possible to say so, i i half feel a bit sorry for anybody that gets to the sort of level that, that you're getting at because everybody goes is that an eric johnson kind of influence yeah. you know it's like but i guess he's just absolutely the, he's just the guy isn't he that did um, that thing. yeah i mean uh for me i uh, and i told you we did we did a couple shows with him yeah and of course brian and i were like <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I was explaining this at the clinic. Um, a lot of the guitar players, I, I, 
there's a, there's a magic to what they do, and I don't, I can't figure it out. Yeah. You know, and that's a, even Daniel Lanois. Like, there's, a, I remember seeing him live, and I've seen them all, and and Lanois blew me away, and he was playing a G chord, with his with his thumb, and he does this thing, this sort of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada warble of the neck, right. that, you know, sort of Bill Frizzell kind of does it, although he's not Canadian, but but there's a thing that's by, that those guys do. And it just makes the notes kind of do this thing. I was like, oh my God. And just sort of thumbing through these beautiful melodies. And uh, But I don't know how, like how did you have to be him to do it. And, and Eric Johnson, I'm like, there's got to be. What's the trick? What's he doing? You know, Steve Morris, and uh, right in front of Steve Morris when I was at Berkeley, just watching him, like, okay, what's he doing? And there's no mystery to what he's just like, practice. That's how you do it. Yeah. Like he's picking every note and he's you know, incredibly muscular and strong and everything's perfect and he's not sweeping, he's going It's like, wow. But Eric Johnson was like, it's just, there's, and I, I think I, I didn't, I haven't really cracked what's going on, but I think it, it, there, it has to do with, um, initially I thought it was, I'll show you. Yeah, initially I, I always thought it was the, the, the sort of, yeah. everybody thinks it's that. I think he does that maybe once, but it's like a five note. I need more, I need more gain to be able to do it. So that's what it is. It's that good, yeah. just like mini, mini sweeps kind of thing. But I can, and when I get it going, I can get it going, but it's one. back a bit and, you, and you, you can get close. But beyond that, you have to be him. I see you use the plectrum that all the good guitar players use. Is that the sort of the, the Jazz 3 Dunlop? Yeah. It's like, like the uh, Altex ones. They, they just don't seem to wear out as quick. <laughs> Normally it'd be a red one. And then I just, I moved to a bigger size. Oh, so um, it's not, I is it a Jazz 3? Yeah. But it's, a, but it's an XL or whatever. It's just a big Oh, right, 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 right. Um, People need to know these things because then they'll think, I know, if I change my plectrum, I can play like Ian. But I tried to use can. those jazz really threes, hard. and they weren't big. They weren't big enough for me either. So I found that the little the point and um, the point of the plectrum kept slipping into my sort of thumb. Mm -hmm. In fact, that was an interesting one. Again, just personally, and maybe you might have some comment on this. I spent maybe a year trying, yeah, trying to work out why I couldn't play certain licks, thinking my left hand wasn't playing the lick, mm -hmm. and then I went, maybe it's my right hand. And it completely was my right hand that wasn't doing the... So, I mean, I noticed that you're doing all the alternate picking and stuff like that. But yeah. It, I mean, um, well, it's... A, I mean, I, just doing these clinics, like, you sort of analyze things that you don't normally do. And I'm not a, a teacher. Um, I'm no, just no good at it. It's hard for me to articulate what, you know, and, and, and to boil something down to, to say, here's what... I just sort of... I say, it kind of goes like this, you know, and then it kind of feels like you're, you know... And and that's pretty much as, as articulate as I can get about yeah. something. But but um, no, you, you, I I start sort of concentrating on different things. But my hand tends to move around a lot. Like if I'm going to go into Stevie Ray territory, my hand's going to move forward a bit, um, for the most part, unless you're doing that kind of yeah. stuff. You want to be back here. But um, yeah, plucking the string, getting under it for for any of those like Stevie Ray stuff. You want you want to be not back here, but up here, and just ream it. Um, so that puts my hand over there, kind of over the strings. 
when it comes to picking, I'm generally back here, sort of just behind the middle pickup. Do you pick most? Are you picking most of the notes, or are you using a lot of hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff, or is it just? I, I go back and forth. Yeah. Oh, but I tend to use I tend to use my fingers a lot, mm. my my right hand fingers. I think that's the bit that I regret the most when I was young and never really paying any attention to doing anything with. It's not it's not hard to get going. Really, I've, I've had guys I've gotten guys going on it, and it's like within a month or two they're just ripping. It's just a matter of doing it, and I find it, it like the more that you do that kind of thing, the more it cleans up the rest of your playing because your fingers are always just there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of them being down here and having all this stuff available to ring out, um, I, everything's like, you know, my fingers are always on there trying to, you know, and so um, I go back and forth between, you know, whatever works for the part, whatever works for the sound that yeah. I'm going for. But, but for the most part, the, this, this kind of thing requires a lot of maintenance. Yeah. A lot of work just well, keeping, that's, keeping that's that going. That's the other riff, isn't it? In, in, uh, Ghost as well, isn't it? This who, who's the who's the poor rhythm guitarist that has to basically keep that going yeah. for the no, entire it's a, five on the, minutes? On the record, it was me, and it okay. sucked because I had that I had that <laughs> that dotted eighth delay going right, and it's like if you're if you're off by just even just a hair earlier late, it's it the delay is just going to be yeah. earlier late for the next bar and a half, so it's. Um, it required a lot of focus just to like, mm, okay, turn the drums up, turn everything else off, put my guitar right in this speaker and just like, just, just, a, and it was, it was quite difficult. It's a, an easy part, but it, yeah. it's really it's hard like to three nail notes it. in it or something, but it's just, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just rhythmically um, and very it's, precise. And it's like it? some of the, I would throw in those little notes with, yeah. with my finger here. And sometimes it's like my pick would come back to the string just a little behind. Yeah. Like, nope, start it again. Relief, really, you want me to punch you in at that part? It's like, nope, let's do the whole thing again. It was one of those. And I'm usually pretty quick when it comes to yeah. putting down guitar parts in the studio. But it's some, every once in a while, it's like when you have a part that's like, it's got to be perfect. It's like, nope, do it again. Do it again. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the tools. Yeah, let's man. talk about the tools. So what, what was your... You know, take me back because I, I know we're, currently you're, you have a fantastic relationship with Sir that you've mm -hmm. had for a while. But let's go, let's let's go back to you know maybe not necessarily your, your first guitar, but you know when when you were at Berkeley, what was your kind of um, was your weapon of choice? I had a well, I had sixty-five Strat. Oh, tough. That I still got. It's so tough for some people, isn't it? I was. Well, <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it was nothing original about it. Right. But, but it was my. You know, it was my it was uh, my stepmom who's become my, my second mom. Um, is an architect, and she was doing a she was doing a job in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a I had this Ibanez Roadstar or something yeah. like that. It was a red red with a black pickguard. Um, it didn't really. It wasn't really. It was it was. I got it in a pawn shop for like fifty bucks. Um, and that was just sort of like that was my first real sort of electric guitar. Um, have you always stayed with a sort of a you know bolt on neck kind of format? Well, no, or? I've I've gone but I've gone back and forth. when I could afford a Les Paul, I got a Les Paul, mm -hmm. um, and then I found because of the way that I play, like there's a lot of it. It's not just the scale length um, and the sort of feel of it. The Les Pauls, the strings are closer together, um, but also just the height off the body. So unless the pick guard is there, mm -hmm. and even with the pick guard there, my fingers tend to fall beneath. The strings. Um, it takes a bit of adjusting on my right hand, uh, but I just love the sound of uh, you know. There's a Les Paul sound, and to me, it's not the super high gain 
um, ripping 80s Les Paul sound. I've always liked the sort of squawky Jimmy Page. Mm -hmm. um, when you go all the way to the bridge, it's a little too harsh. You know, that kind of, mm -hmm. I've loved that sound. Um, but of course, it, you know, I come back to a Strat or, or something like this, it just feels, it feels like home. And, uh, and, it, and what Sewer can do tonally with, with their guitars, um, if you give me like a, a classic like this or, or, you know, any sort of S style guitar, I can duplicate any of those sounds that, that where I've used a Les Paul on a record or, really? or that sort of, I have a Les Paul recording, which is the one with the, yeah. Tons um, of and you flip things out of phase yeah. and whatnot, um, and I I use that a lot. It's mm -hmm. not you can't bring it out live because it's so low output that it's like I'd have to get the somebody to go over and turn everything up just to, for to mm -hmm. use that. So, um, but yeah, all those sounds I can get all those sounds out of um, out of a sewer, and it's just I would rather just it's more comfortable for me. It's more reliable. Um, yeah, and that's you know, I'm, I just sort of my whole journey through guitars and. Do you, do you still use when you're recording? Do you do you turn up with an army, you yeah. know, like a, an, well, an army of guitars so it's to whatever, find the right it's whatever, Yeah, it's whatever whatever I find is the most reliable. Right. Um, and yeah, like lately it's been it's been like there's just a bunch of sewers, you know, and a, and then a couple of sort of twenty four and three quarter scale guitars, mm -hmm. not necessarily Gibsons. Yeah. Um, because there are other companies that, in my opinion, are making a, a, just something that is a little more reliable. Um, and and to be honest with you, that's when when you're in the studio, you know. It's interesting. One of the most important yeah. things to me is is tuning. Yeah. As as you know, yeah. like like it's not like well this one just has the right. I need it to stay in tune. Because mm. um, we do a lot of double tracking and and a song like Place to Call Home, for instance, mm -hmm. like there's so much fuzz and so much gain mm. on it and it's tuned so low that I, I wanted it to sound like a synthesizer almost mm. with no wavering between the notes because it's all just, just it's all fifths yeah i throw in a little third between the licks but between the chords rather but um <clears throat> it yeah so that sound is almost to me it almost sounds like like a keyboard through a guitar amp pinned um and we needed a guitar that was going to just be like, all right, we need dead-on precision. And it's like, you have to go to something that's that's done right. I'm interested to hear how you how you get that versatility. You know, you, you talked about, you know, you can get it to, to do a Les Paul kind of sound or mm -hmm. it can do a Strat style sort of sound. So um, maybe just it's a good time to insert some licks now that, that kind of make it do stuff. That to me sounds like a Les Paul. That's, you know. Yeah. It's still got that snap though, hasn't yep. it? Maybe well, the, yeah, it's on. definitely mm. one of these guitars. Mm. And for so, something like m on my modern that, that I that I use, when I go into the middle position and I get these two guys, mm -hmm. that's a sound that you can only get yep. on a Les Paul. Yeah. This one won't do it. This but this one will do. <laughs> Well, that's stuff. a great sound. Yeah, mm. a, but that sounds like a Strat to yeah. me. Yeah, you know. yeah, I suppose it's. Um, that but that's the other thing is on my modern, it's got a humbucker in the neck, so I can get that in between sound. Like the, it's hard for me. To... Sort of thing, but it's different. Anyway, you go into the neck, and you get that sort of fluty, throaty neck vocal, very vocal soloy sound, um, and then I can just pull the 
tone knob out and it goes single coil and then... It's all about the extra bend. It's all about the just the little slightly uh, the extra note. Going too far. Ah, yeah. oh, it sounds great. <laughs> and when when did you when did you start using the, the so, so the guitars came first presumably in the relationship. Yep. yep. Uh, and what what amps were you using back in the day? Um, back in the day, uh, I was a basement. Right. Uh, basement. I got a matchless. I got a matchless super cheap, 120 mm -hmm. watts. Oh, way too much. Mm. Um. And then I was a um, Marshall DSLs. I had a hundred watt and a fifty yeah. watt. Um, I didn't, wouldn't associate the. There might, so have you, have you always been a big pedal guy as well? Because yeah, when no, you say basement, I'm like thinking that that first the well, first couple of albums. I'm sort of going, this doesn't sound. The first record, yeah, there's it's basement all, all over it's it. It's all basement. Over Not it. all basement, no, but but there's it's all over it. Wow. Know, for sure. It's sort of like whatever was around. Right. The first record was like, it sounds okay, yeah. But but so was that you know and uh, a bandmaster as well big, a nice old bandmaster you know lots of kind of old fuzzy kind of drive pedals and yeah and experience the the prescription electronics experience pedal has been there in every record which one's that sorry it's a experience pedal oh, I don't it's even a big, know that one big trippy looking cube with three uh, that's a, it's sort of a fuzz Octavia and then there's a swell one which just sort of overloads the circuit so Whoa, it sounds like it's going backwards, yeah. but but it's actually it's cool. unpredictable and messy and beautiful. I love it. Um, that that word unpredictable. That's always the word that all my favorite, all my favorite guitar players that use fuzz. Yeah, that's the you word want, they all say. It's like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I it's love kind of that. exciting. I love that. Yeah, the Rufus Reloaded is like that. Yeah, that's the closest I've found it, and way more reliable than than um, the Experience pedal. Maybe just because uh, both of mine have been through the wars for many years, but yeah. the, but the but the Rufus Reloader, it's just it's it's very muscular, and, and when you get the Octavia sound, um, there's a great trick when you dump all your tone, and in the bridge pickup with an Octavia on, you can just and and then play power chords with the fifth on the bottom. Yeah, you can get maybe the biggest guitar sound you've ever heard in your life. We haven't we haven't got an Octavia here, have we? Damn we don't it! The Rufus Reloader, no. Which which guitar track should people go and listen to yours of yours that is that uh, sort of, a place to call home? There there's, you are. there's that sound. Go that's, do that. Open another sound. browser. Type in a place to call home. You'll know yeah. what we mean. So the Hedgehog yeah. is your current sort of. Uh, oh, it's my favorite. Favorite yeah. amp in the Sir range, and, I, and I've got to be honest. No, it's with my you, favorite amp of all amps. Of all amps. Yeah, any amp I've ever played. I've played a lot of amps. This yeah. is like this one is. You like certain amps for certain mm -hmm. things. I love AC30s for their thing. I love. Yeah. Oh, you know, an old Fender for its thing, but for me, it's you can't get better yeah. than that for Th this clean, thing is dirty. It's very simple, but very. Th this thing has, is. I'm hearing this. There's that tone that you normally associate with guitar players that have got an amplifier that's just about to explode and blow up. No. But this is this is like going. No, I'm controlled. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm just going to give you that tone. I yeah, mean, and it keeps the bottom tight as well. And the the cabs. I, I, Every time I try a Sur amplifier, um, I keep walking away going, the bit that's blown me away almost the most is, is how the cab performs, mm -hmm. you know, really small, even the 112. We were doing some videos yesterday with the Corsa mm -hmm. into the 112. And I'm just going, this is insane. Mm -hmm. this, 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 this thing should not make noises, you yeah. know, that no, it's, it's making. Fantastic. you got to um, figure it out. Well, let's, let's, let's so is this this is how you would uh, this is a typical sound for you is it here so well the levels would be much higher yes um, um, but yeah no this is like 
we have any much. pedals at the moment? Just uh, the, no, the comp was on, but here's with nothing. Something that I'm. Um, That's a great sound. Yeah, it's. And we're not stupid down loud down. in here, are no. we? No, really. You know. So that to me is. Like, I can put something on it that does, and it's the bottom Coco still boost. stays nice yeah. and tight. And then you can roll your tone back. There's a there's something very muscular about the mid range that usually you get from like you say something that's just about to blow up, um, and I'm sure it's working in concert with the speakers as well. I don't know too much about the science, but but there is that. It's just I know it has to do with the mid range and how thick and throaty and muscular it sounds. But usually something like that has a flubby low end. Yeah. Uh, but this one is just like I can do all the sort of the tight sort of rock and roll stuff that we'll tend to do in a show. You know? Now this isn't your board, is it? So no. But you've got the Coco Boost, which I think is undeniably the king of boosts for solos. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's a I'm, crazy pedal. Yeah. What's the? Um, I mean, have you got sort of some of the more sort of fuzzy sounds out the Rufus? I know you said you 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 re Rufus reloaded. Yeah, I haven't done any Let me see if I can get. I'm, I, I just think. Get going here. That's it. That's a big wreck noise. That is literally that noise. Yep. Well, that's that's the thing. What did you you did? I don't know. You just didn't. It's because I've got the amp on standby. But that is a, it's just a that's that's called uh, B major. Too much Right switch. And truthfully, if you hear that, if you hear that, that that sound on the album, I'm sitting here thinking that's probably 17 lots of 
you know, double tracked and it, and you just literally you just turned on a pedal and you played one chord through the amplifier. Yeah. It's like left, right. Uh, yeah, no. It's, the, the thing was that the bright switch was on. Yeah, it's a little here bit I have, toppy. Yeah, I have that set to be when you um, have that on. That's also set to be like my that, that sound. You know what I mean? Very haunting. Isn't it? Switch is on to get that sparkly clean. Um, so then I would set up channel two without the bright switch yep. and then hit the gas, dump the tone a little bit. We've got a new album coming soon, haven't we? Isn't there? There's, a, there's another solo album? Uh, yeah. No, it's not in like another. Thornley thing was a, was a band. It was yeah. a band project. So, But this will be like my first real solo record, which doesn't have a lot of heavy stuff on it. Doesn't have, uh, it has no heavy stuff on it. It's sort of acoustic based, but it's oh, not wow. like I'm, I'm doing some of my acoustic numbers. It's not like that. It's sort of an acoustic based. At the core, it's an earthy acoustic record, and then it has a lot of. Um, a lot of it's sort of trippy and atmospheric, and that's released ornaments on it. Uh, October thirtieth. Oh, yeah. end of this month. Yeah, Mark Howard did it. If you're familiar with his work and uh, with uh, Lanwan, with um, all the records he's done from Emmy Lou Harrison and like Neil right. Young and, and and Tom Waits and uh, some of my favorite albums of all time. Um, he's worked on. He's done like. Um, so it was, it was an absolute privilege to be able to work with him. Oh, cool. Are you going to tour that album, do you think? I, we, we, yeah, we want to, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, look, I, I'm going to wrap this up now. So thank you very much for sticking with us and watching this uh, little uh, interview I've had with Ian here. It's All been right. an absolute pleasure, uh, an honor to Which meet you. Mine, man. Thank sitting you. here watching you play is just crazy. I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed seeing some of this. Yeah. Um, please, and I say I've got nothing to do with whether I... Ian being here or not, you can see all over my Facebook page for the last six months I've been saying, go and listen to Big Rec stuff. So if you do nothing now, close the browser you're watching and open a new one and just type Big Rec. Or type Ian Fletcher Thornley if you're interested more yeah. about, about the man. But go and listen. And I tell you, ghosts, if you just get five minutes today to do nothing else, just 
listen to Ghosts. It's a killer, killer track. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for coming yeah, over. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your gigs in Germany. Indeed. And hopefully, if enough people from the UK start uh, loving what uh, Big Rick do, we here. can, can come over here. And I, I will be there, front row, fanboy, with my special I love you, Ian. <laughs> 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 anyway, okay, so thanks, everybody. And, uh, yeah, if you want to know more about Sur stuff as well, I'll put a link in the description below. You can go and find that too. So. just taken a little two minute break well a little bit longer than that we've uh, taken this guitar ran it next door to our uh, excellent guitar tech Gavin uh, he's put some 12 to 54s on this he's cranked the action we've gone old school with how to get the nut height a bit higher with just bits of paper underneath it uh, and all because he even plays slide
Thanks for listening to our latest podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit that subscribe button. See you next time. 